1: And welcome to the show. I fill in for Terry occasionally, but now it looks like I have returned to do once a month uh, to represent a lot more of the uh, diet end of things. And I'm going to be back um, once a month to be speaking with all of you. I am so excited for who we have as a guest today because she is one of my very, very, very favorite people in the world of autism. And this is Kristen, Kristen Selby Gonzalez, and she. I met Kristen through um, uh, Ron over at the Sunrise Program, oh, boy, quite a few years ago, and I, you just can't help but fall in love with her. She is the Director of Autism Education for Enzymetica and she does so much with sensory integration programs and the Sunrise Program. But Kristen is also certified in the Body Ecology Diet, and she's familiar with the Gut and Psychology Diet, the Specific Carbohydrate Diet, and, of course, the Gluten and Casein-Free Diet. Kristen, welcome to the show today.
2: Hi, Becky.
1: Oh, it's so great to have you on, and we are going to have so much fun today talking a little bit about enzymes. And, Kristen, you know I've been teaching gluten and casein-free diets for, oh my goodness, I'm getting, this is really making me feel ancient, but for, believe it or not, it's been 12 years, which there's not a lot of people <laughs> who were around back 12 years ago. now it's kind of taken on a life of its own, but um I have seen the world of the enzymes come in and I have, as, as many people know, my husband is Dr. John Hicks who is a pediatrician and, and practitioner who works with autism, and very holistically though I should say. And um, what I have seen in the world of diet is this tremendous benefit that enzymes can have and I am such a huge advocate of enzymetica and how good of quality that they have and the variety that they have. But I guess the big message today is, are they a replacement for a good diet? You know,
2: we get that all the time, and I wish I could tell people, yes, take an enzyme and you don't have to do the diet. However, you know, we really see synergy between the diet and the enzymes. It's like this perfect marriage because you really can't have one without the other. You need to have the enzymes to actually break down the food for proper
1: digestion and absorption. Definitely. So, talk about a little bit about what types of diets that you recommend. Well, you know, and I think you and I have talked about this before.
2: That you know, not one diet works for every child, but we we absolutely see the foundation being the gluten free, casein free diet. Yes, And so many times people will come to me and say, you know, and I'm sure you get the same thing where, oh, the diet didn't work. Or, you know, I tried the diet, but, gosh, you know, I didn't really see that much result. And before we even get into enzymes, I always, you know, talk to them and say, well, when when you say you tried the diet, did you really try the diet? I mean, no no cheating 100%. Really, you know, go out there and do gluten-free, casein-free. And these are a couple of the answers I get. One is sometimes they'll say, well, you know, we cheated a little bit. I mean, what are you going to do when you go to Johnny's birthday? I mean, he had to have a little bit of chocolate cake. And Or they'll say, oh, when he's, you know, with so-and-so, you know, they get a couple of snacks every now and then. And usually my answer to them back is, well, then you really can't judge to see if the diet's working because it's not as though, you know, you're on a diet plan where you can cheat two days and be on five days. This is something that you really have to really monitor and, you know, go full force. And then I get people that will say, no, you know, we did the diet exactly perfect. We never cheated. And yet we still saw not the greatest results of what some other people are talking about. And typically what I say um, is, okay, you know what, it doesn't mean the diet isn't working. It just means there's an additional culprit. There's something else there. It could be your potato, your rice, your corn. Um, How much sugar are you doing? And and so when you really start to become, in a sense, that food detective is when you can see something else to eliminate. And it always doesn't mean to be that you um, are allergic. Sometimes, and a lot of times, most of the time, our kids are just really sensitive. So once we kind of knock that out, we kind of figure out, okay, gluten-free, casein-free as the basis. And then perhaps there has to be some specialty, whether that be um specific carbohydrate diet or doing a kind of blend of that or body ecology, which is so exciting because we have all this great fermented food that has, um, you know, your cultured vegetables that have your uh, probiotics and your enzymes naturally in there. That's also another great, um, you know, benefit to do that diet. And so, yeah, and,
1: no, no, I'm just, just going to interject here because, you know, Kristen, I've, I've also heard people say that their children do worse on the diet, and personally, I think mm-hmm. sometimes that that happens because they introduce so much corn yes. and so much sugar that they may not have been doing before. You know, corn, mm-hmm. being a gluten-free, kind of gets a free ticket in this diet, and mm-hmm. it is not, because it's so genetically modified, it's not in a pure form, it's so hard for for so many of these kids to digest, it's very bacteria-forming, so they can get crazy just from the bacteria that it forms, and so they're upping the corn intake, and yes, the kids can get worse, and I'm not saying that everybody has to totally eliminate corn, but it's definitely, of all of the the foods that are gluten-free, the one you want to increase the least. Absolutely, we. Um, I think
2: I talk about the same thing. And when people come to me, and I'll say, if you're, because sometimes people get freaked out when they look at, you know, the SCD diet or the specific carbohydrate diet, they'll say, "Gosh, you know, I'm supposed to take away potato, corn, and rice, and what, what, what's left?" And and yet, when I look at them, I'll say, "Okay, well, why don't we take this at baby steps? You're already doing the gluten free, casein free." you know, eliminate the corn because a lot of kids just really have sensitivity with that corn. And then also the sugars. A lot of times people, they implement so much sugar or they'll do so many fruits. If your child's eating 14 apples and 12 bananas a day and you're telling me the diet's not working, well, we have to also look and see, well, gosh, if, if there's something that they're doing excessively, that's something else that we, we really need to think, well, you know, how how healthy is that for them? You know, how do we, how do we have a good balance? And I think that's where there's a lot of um, mistake um, in the diet when people are saying, "Well, gluten-free, casein-free doesn't work." It doesn't mean that you just give them every, you know, twelve bags of potato chips that are gluten-free, casein-free, and now you're doing the diet.
1: Exactly. That, I think there's steps, you know, with that.
2: Um, so that,
1: that absolutely, I agree with that. So, so there are a lot of diets out there, Kristen, and and I have tried so many of them, and I have, you know, done different phases of my son's Mm -hmm. life that have all been very, so tremendously beneficial, but I want to hit two two pieces of this. One is, let's briefly talk about body ecology, Mm -hmm. but let's talk about body ecology just through the format of the cultured vegetables, because Mm -hmm. I think if there's anything that is more powerful that body ecology brings forward, it's... It's the cultured vegetables. It is such an important part of our kids' diets, and it is such an inexpensive addition. You know, I have so many families that are very, very poor that just cannot afford to buy supplements, but making cultured vegetables is huge, and it's so inexpensive. Can you talk a little bit about cultured vegetables and, and what they are? Sure. Okay. So well with biology they really they really believe in
2: almost half of that plate being cultured vegetables. And what that is is you're going to ferment um, your vegetable. And I know it sounds like gosh, like, ooh, we have to what? Like I mean none of us typically didn't grow up eating, you know, fermented vegetables. But what that is is it's actually it's um, it's taking the actual vegetable and it's in a sense, growing the good microflora and it's adding the good enzymes and really putting um, that health back into the body through the food. And I think that is so important. Because without having that balance, that um, almost that ecosystem balance, your body um, isn't thriving the way it should be, and a lot of our kids are so um, deficient and they're so uh, depleted of their natural um, probiotics that they're getting, or they should be getting. And this has been a sense. Let's talk about it in mom terms, okay? So what? What am I? So I'm saying microflora, and I'm saying probiotics. There might be people that might think, oh, "What is she talking about? I don't know what that is." So what? How I can describe it is. Think of the good guys. So you have all these kind of, like you think of an army in your body, and you have all these bad guys going in there, you know, creating all this havoc. You might have yeast and bacteria and viruses and all the different things you were just talking about. And so what can you do to, in a sense, um, replenish that? And what you can do is, with that, those cultured veggies, you do, that's, in a sense, think of those good guys going in. You get your good army going in to really go in for the battle to help get rid of some of those, so, some of those bad guys. And that's what those cultured vegetables do. And they're really easy to make. Um, uh, you can either you can pre-buy them or you can make them yourself. Um, think of a sauerkraut. That's another thing. People um, sometimes who have never heard of a fermented veggie, think of what sauerkraut is because that's that's in a sense the same thing. However, you can add you know your own blend. You can add different things with your you know your dill and your garlic and your onion and um, and really make a, a really yummy blend. If you go to uh, bodyecologydiet.com. They're, they actually have recipes there, and and uh, you can make that yourself with their starter kits, and uh, it's just it's really it's a very really simple process actually,
1: and it's getting a lot of momentum with Weston A. Price out there preaching a lot about you, you know. Basically heirloom foods and our and our authentic diet of a hundred years ago. We are hearing more and more about cultured veggies, and they're becoming easier to buy through the stores and things places such as that. Um, and Kristen, I'm a, I don't know I haven't talked to you for a while, but I don't know if you even know my own story. In that um, Joey had about fifty food allergies at one point, and I mean he was allergic allergic to everything and Um, I could not get him to hang on to the good bacteria of a probiotic. If I gave him any of the wonderful supplements that are out there, he wouldn't hold on to the probiotic and it made him very hyper and crazy. But the cultured vegetables were a very easy thing to kind of introduce to him and it happened in such a way that his body really connected with them so well and within um, about six months after starting cultured vegetables, he lost all his food allergies. Oh, that's wonderful. So I, I'm a really huge advocate of this. And what I would love to, um, but I, but in addition, my other big advocacy is towards the enzyme. Now, there are enzyme and cultured vegetables, but the, the Bigger picture mm-hmm. of the enzyme is 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 bigger than that, and I'm going to interject another story with Joe real quickly. In that, um, when he was very very little, he had severe severe acid reflux, and we had had him on a gluten and casein free diet, but he was so tremendously acidic. And with these kids. They are running at an, uh, an acidity level that is way higher than is comfortable, and they're not able to absorb their vitamins. They're not able to um, ever they, – they have constant acidity in their, in their throats. And so we're, we're going to take a, a break in a little bit. But when I get back, Kristen, I want to really help people understand that whole pH level because it relates both to enzymes and the cultured vegetables and when people really get that what the pH is doing and, and offsetting the body a little bit, I think they feel a little more motivated to go forward with not so much sugar instead of um, the, the diets that are out there right now. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, Kristen, Kristen Selby Gonzalez is going to rejoin us, and we'll be right back on Terry's show of Autism One. This is Betsy Hicks. <music>
4: Com.
1: I am filling in for Terry today and my wonderful guest is Kristen Selby-Gonzalez who, uh, is so tremendously knowledgeable in diet and nutrition that, uh, I just love having her on every time because she really gets the whole picture of this. And the other thing Kristen I didn't mention earlier that I love about you is, because you mentioned it in your opening statement, is there is no one size fits all. And I love how fact, how, how open you are to so many different ideas. Before the break, we were talking about alkalizing and we were talking about pH and what this all basically means. And, um, Enzymetica has a great pr- product called pH basic, which is one of my favorites because, um, my son really does tend to run very acidic at times. Uh, so much so, um, Kristen, that when he was a little baby, I mean, he would scream himself to sleep every night and always wanted to fall asleep in a chair, not even realizing that he, the reason he was sitting up in a chair is because he had so much acid in his throat. And this, this happened till he was about six or seven years old, which is the saddest part of it all. And I really want to help keep keep, keep people from this. So, there's a couple different levels here, We're talking about pH at basic, but also talking about digestive enzymes in general. So why don't you just take it wherever you feel like you want to begin with all of this?
2: Well, since you're talking about pH basic, um, that, that actually is a supportive um, enzyme from Endometica. So we have a couple different, which i love to touch base on. We have our digestive enzymes, which obviously those would be something taken with food, and we'll go into a little bit more depth in a moment with that. And then we have your therapeutic enzymes, which those are something you're going to take away from food because you want to, uh, to go after that specific target of whatever that therapeutic enzyme you might be taking. And we'll go over that in a moment. But your supportive enzymes, which actually makes sense as you're talking about um, pH um, and pH ba- uh, our pH basic products from Enzometica, that would be your support. And as you're talking about Joey and trying to raise, um, you know, he had too much acid, so you're trying to alkalize him. And that's what pH Basic is going to do. It's going to try to give him that optimal pH um, balance. And that makes a lot of sense that that would help him. And, again, think of, when you're thinking of, at least in Zomenica, you can think of those three terms. I was just talking about digestive, therapeutic, and supportive, because I really want to be uh, really conscious of people out there that may have never heard of enzymes, so they might be listening to us going, wait, wait, what? What's that? Do like, I take that with food? i so confused, and that's why right. I really want to let you guys know out there that there's three different um, categories that we're talking about. You have your digestive, your therapeutic, and then, of course, your supportive, PHB,
1: basic being in that category of supportive. Does that make sense? It does, and I think that that's a good piece of going back to let's start with the digestive piece, because the thing is, is that... Joey's pH would not have been off to begin with if he was able to properly break down his foods. Mm-hmm. And so the need for things like digestive enzymes, like Digest, Digest Gold, uh, all of the different ones that help break down carbohydrates and fats and lipo and things such as those, those are all really, really necessary for the primary need of digestion. Absolutely, and
2: a lot of people think, well, gosh, I'm doing the diet. They just got done talking about, you know, the body of college diet. Doesn't that have, you know, enzymes and probiotics in there, and, and so why then would I need to supplement if I'm on this diet? Well, the reason I always, you know, talk about um, enzymes, and I just got so excited about enzymes. I mean, when I discovered Enzyme Betsy um, for Jackson, it was just like this big, huge white bulb that went off, and I thought that was what... I was really looking for because I was doing the diet and and I was seeing results. And, you know, this might, you know, ring true for a lot of other people. You see results sometimes in the beginning. You'll see, gosh, they're maybe their eye contact's looking better. Maybe they're sleeping better through the night. Maybe uh, their bowel movements are doing better. But then all of a sudden you sometimes get to a plateau and you don't understand why. And so that is what one thing I really was excited about with enzymes was it made so much sense to that he had to bring break down the food he was eating and you know i think like us or like you we also were getting like different work back you know lab work back and we weren't seeing certain things that you know with his vitamins and minerals that he should have been absorbing and it didn't make sense that he wasn't because basically when you're looking at enzymes that's going to help um for proper digestion and absorption so if you're out there and you're thinking okay well what does that still look like and think about when you're looking at the poop, and I think we must talk about poop more than anything else in any <laughs> sure. community because, you know, when you're looking at the poop, you want to see, okay, first of all, does it look good? Meaning, is it nice and solid? Um, is Do they go, do they illuminate at least once a day? And I mean at least once a day. Right. Um, and, and do they have particles of stool in their poop? Because that's also another thing people don't really think about because if you're seeing that or if you're seeing gas, if your child's having a lot of gas or blow and um, tummy, that's also a huge indication that they're not properly uh, digesting and absorbing. And the one thing when you're thinking about enzymes, too, is think of them as the workers of the body. And I'm really, um, I really want to make sure people that are listening, and um, they have this happen a lot, Enzymes are not vitamins, enzymes are not minerals. Um, enzymes are they're enzymes, they're on their own they're on their own category and they're not probiotics and I get that a lot as well. What they are again, think of them as the workers of the body. They're gonna go in with a specific job. So think of them as these little Pac Man, if you're thinking of like a digestive enzyme, for example, and they're going in, this little Pac Man's going in and helping break up that food. And that's really what we want to see, um, and I could talk about a couple of different ones I would look into. Um, a digestive enzyme, if you, especially if you're starting new and you've never you've never done any enzymes, you know we always think of low and slow, so we want to we don't want to put too much too fast into any child again, like we were talking about, every child's different, and so um you know, you might think of something either we have a digest basic, which is a very uh, low-potency formula, and you can work your way up to, you know, perhaps the digest, and then, you know, the big boy is the digest gold. And when you're doing that, you do that almost in stages. You might go stage one, stage two, stage three. And to really... Um, Figure out where it's best for your child. Where do you see the most um, optimal benefit? Are you seeing less gas? Are you seeing more stools being formed? Are you seeing um, them complain less about their tummies? And if they can't talk, a lot of times what we see is they're putting their tummies over, like, um, like no Jackson used to do this, a yoga ball, or he would find I'd find him on the end of the couch with his tummy kind of pressed up against there for the pressure. Mm-hmm. So if your children can't talk, these are good other indications that there's something going on there other than, you know, um, you know, whatever you're thinking is happening,
1: most likely that is um, a digestive issue going on. Is that making sense? It makes tremendous sense. And so that this is where you need to, I guess, in general, anyone who's listening really needs to understand that this is where it starts. And we'll in bringing this back to the whole pH piece is that if you're not digesting things properly and you're not eating a really good diet, then you start getting even more acidic and, and you start developing um, even further pro- problems, which is where this whole alkalinity and um, acidity come in. Now, in, in basically in understanding alkalinity and acidity, you're looking at just like you would have a swimming pool. People that have swimming pools out there know very much that you you have to always know where your water's at is it too alkaline or is it too acidic mm-hmm. because if it's outside of the range you're going to get all kinds of growth of bad bacteria so it's no different than your own uh, your own body you want to make sure you're not too very few people are too alkaline most people are running very acidic and and how are you going to get those wonderful foods that help you stay alkaline well of course ph basic as you said earlier is a supplement that you can take that can assist in that but Kristen which is what one of the things I love about her is that she's she's not here to just say take a product and forget about your diet she's here to say Okay, the products are there to help, but in the meantime, you need to start working on the diet. And and I couldn't agree with that more. So keeping the body alkalized. So you're wondering, okay, well, what are the alkalizing food and what are the acidic foods? And your acidic foods, for your, let's start with the alkaline, the foods that you want. You want to mm-hmm. be eating lots and lots of good green vegetables. Mm-hmm. But things like berries and figs are not one of the best alkalizing foods. Um Avocados and Mangoes and even lemon juice is actually alkalizing mm-hmm. in, in basic forms, but when you're getting into more of the, um, it, you know, the the, the 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 very acidic forming foods, then you're looking at the sugars and you're looking at the meats and you're looking at all of the simple carbohydrates and the breads and all of the things that our kids are living on crackers and and maybe we're lucky to even get meat in them for the protein, but it's also adding to the acidity. So, do you want to comment more on that end of it? Yeah,
2: and that's also where you're, when you're talking about cultured veggies, that's another great um, addition right there to add that in there because that's going to help alkaline because that's basically a body ecology diet. That's really, that's really where it started from with uh, Donna Gates was she was trying to help balance that, that level out. And so, you know, when you're talking about dark green veggies, I'm thinking, gosh, you know, we have a Vitamixer, and if you don't have one of those, you can use blenders and food processors and juicers and all this other great stuff, but we, you know, we have a Vitamixer, and you can throw all these great dark green veggies in there, and you can make your own, you know, shakes, and, and as I'm saying this out loud, I'm, I'm thinking of these parents that are sitting there going, yeah, right, my child, there's no way my child's going to drink a green shake. Are you absolutely crazy? What is wrong with these women? <laughs> and But i got to tell you, I had a kid, and I, I think this is important to highlight, I had a child that was only eating, you know, chicken nuggets and french fries and cookies and waffles and, um, crackers and gallons of milk. And that's all I could get into my child before I discovered diet and, um, That's why I think I'm so passionate about diet because I was one of those moms that, you know, thought, gosh, I I think I had more um, kids' meals than I I can – not we had more kids' meal toys than I knew what to do with. I would literally give them out for, like, um, you know, (laughs) Halloween treats because I had so many of them because that's all (laughs) my child would eat. And, you know, when people say, there's no way I could change, there's no way he will eat this or she'll eat that, and I say, you know what? I was right there and we gotta take that first step because here's the one thing I always remind people too, they're not the ones buying the food. We are. And so when I got behind the fact I was buying it, he could get upset and you know what they are. They're a lot of our kids and if if I'm thinking of Jackson He got so upset. We went through about 10 days of just, it really was really a little difficult. But you know, during those 10 days, I realized I was doing exactly what I was supposed to because I'd only taken away these certain foods and I replaced them with other foods that, you know, for the time being were gluten-free, casein-free on certain foods he liked. That was just a stepping stone. And then that got me into that produce-veggie section. And one other thing I want to highlight is, Okay, many of us we grew up. Let's say we went to grandma's house, grandma and grandpa's house. What did grandma and grandpa have on that plate? They had a veggie. Sure. They had a fruit. They had maybe they had you know a carb, whether that be rice or potato. Um, and then you know they had a meat. Um, and then yeah, you did have your milk. So we're eliminating a couple of these things, but we're still going back to what we originally, in a sense, grew up with. And just so everybody also gets a brighter picture, p- picture. Think about when you're in that uh, your produce section. Almost everything in there, with like your fruit, fruits, and veggies,
1: you're almost in the gluten-free tasting-free section right there. That's exactly All right. right. Okay, we're going to have to take a quick break, Kristen. When we get back, I'd like to give you some tips for getting these green foods down your children and getting down the cultured vegetables. We'll be right back with Kristen Selby-Gonzalez and I'm Betsy Hicks. We'll be right back. <laughs>
0: Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart with Dr. Gloria Horsley, right here on Voice America Health and Wellness. Hello,
1: everybody. This is actually Betsy Hicks today filling in for Terry Oranga, and I am joined here with my guest, Kristen Selby-Gonzalez, and we are having a wonderful discussion about enzymes and nutrition and ways to get green, alkalizing foods down our kids, and I thought that's maybe why we might start, because as you're 100% right, Kristen. I'll start with the fact that I also had a son who actually ate nothing but, um, like, a brown rice crisp cereal um, and rice milk when I started him on the diet and it wasn't until I really understood how detrimental that was to his health, that I started to becoming passionate about it. And one of the first steps is having that passion, because I think your kids really sense it when you have the passion that you really want to get it down them. But there's there's some other tricks as well. Now, a lot of people really advocate disguising foods, and to be honest, that's not my favorite way. I do recommend disguising certain things to a certain extent, because that can be really easy. But I think that there's more to it than that. And Kristen, I don't know if you agree with me on this one, but it, I feel yeah. that if if you don't texturally desensitize them, you're going to spend a lifetime having to puree mm-hmm. vegetables and throw them into things. I think that we have to give our kids more credit. I understand that they're very texturally de- defensive, but um, we, if we don't gradually introduce different textures, it, may, it really sets us up for a difficult food pattern.
2: I absolutely agree because um, I know in the beginning when you know you're trying to, and I hate to use the word sneak, but that's you know that's that's pretty much what you're trying to do in a lot of ways. Right. You're trying to sneak these particular foods in. And I really believe all of our kids are just brilliant. And you know what? They are outsmarting smarting us almost a daily. <laughs> and so I know mine does. Right. Right. And, you know, and I felt like, you know what? I'm just going to get down to his level and I'm just going to look him in the eye and say, you know what? I'm going to explain to you. Algae is really good for you. And I, rem- I remember, <laughs> like, introducing algae. And it was so funny because he would then later on ask for I want algae. And I would be like, oh, okay, and people would look at me like I was nuts. And I thought, you know what, though, I never told him that, you know, society may kind of turn their nose up to algae. I, I introduced it in this, like, really fun kind of explained to him it was going to help his tummy and it was going to give him words and that, you know, it was really going to help him feel good. And, you know, it wasn't overnight, but, gosh, when he finally, you know, little by little by little, drop by drop, you know, sip by sip almost, um, was able to take that in. Suddenly, he started to feel better. When our kids start to feel better, they do start going after the foods that they know help them. And you know, I have a little guy who say and still does, "I want algae" or um, "I want my cultured vegetables." And that's because I didn't try to sneak it and say, "Oh, you know, this is really you know a milkshake." (laughs) I you know I told him exactly what I was giving him, and I think how exciting that this generation of children could really benefit from just being told the truth and, um, you know, not sneaking it in and explaining it to them. And, you know, there's lots of different techniques. And I really think the Sunrise program has, you talked about that a little bit, um, how I met you. I think they have a lot of really fun techniques um, on how to implement things. and, And also with sensory integration, there's so many Fun tools and techniques that you can do and I'm sure you have a million others and you know coming up you're going to be talking about as well
1: well I do and 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 I'm not going to spend a lot of time and I think Kristen that this is a whole future show for us um, yeah. to talk about this because um, Kristen knows but a lot of people don't that next month I'm going to have the release of my long awaited <laughs> Took me forever, kind of book that for the last four, four years I've been putting together, and the book is called Picky Eating Solutions, and it is um, I feel a wonderful combination of tested and tried and true methods of getting your kids to eat vegetables and meats, and and it's very step by step formatted so that you can follow step by step as to understanding a lot of how it works, but it just I'll, I'm briefly going to just touch base on the fact that. I'm a little different, and and, and I'm not saying that the way I do Joey's diet is the best way or your way is the best way or anybody's way because you have to find out what works not only for you and for your child but also for your lifestyle. And I think that you need to be honest with yourself and not beat yourself up if it can't be everything as much as perfect as you want it to be. I think you have to be gentle. I think you have to enjoy it. But where I'm a little bit different is I... I personally really love a dessert. I love I love something that's been can crafted and yummy and gooey and delicious. But I also feel like that is the ending to something that first went in me that was very nutritious. And where I see so many kids just that's how they start their day with something ooey and sweet and that's how they have the their snacks throughout the day and then that's how they end the day at night. I I like I advocate more of a first this then that approach where you can have some of those things that they really like, but they have to kind of work for it um and and that's really a lot of my methods and getting getting the kids to so that's why when I introduced sauerkraut and I really felt passionate about this. I have to say that my I always tell people about following their gut, and my intuition said. You got to get the sauerkraut down him because this is the last hope you have about getting any form of a probiotic. And if this works, I think good things are going to happen. And I had really good positive expectations without any idea how I was going to possibly get sauerkraut down. Him. <laughs> so my my thought process on it is: let's take what he likes the absolute most. And use it as a reward. Now, this is very basic. It's very ABA, or it's very you know, this is not a rocket science approach. Mm-hmm. But you make it very attainable. The first mm-hmm. time I gave him sauerkraut, I didn't give him a whole bowl. I gave him like the the, the tip of his pinky nail in in a, on a spoon, and gave him um, uh, you know a special treat that I knew he absolutely loved. And it was basically first this, then that, mm-hmm. and. You know when your kids really know that you mean it when you've been practicing the first this then that for a long time and they know they're not getting that until they have first. You know Ron Coffin, who's, who runs the Sunrise program, is was one of my very favorite speakers when I was young when I first got into autism because he said something to me that really hit me and is I've carried through forever and that is if if your child. Uh, if, if you're if you're wanting something from your child, and you hold off and you hold off because you're trying to get them, for example, let's let's get them to try the culture vegetables before they get the cookie. And you let them, um, you, you go. They're they're whining about the cookie. They want the cookie. They want the cookie. And, you're, and what you're asking is not that much. You're asking for a small amount of the vegetables. What so many parents do that Ron kind of reminded me of is they'll wait about four hours and then they get beaten down <laughs> and then they give them the cookie where yep. you know what, what he was saying is like you might as well have given them the cookie four yep. hours ago because now they know that all they have to do is cry for it for four hours and eventually yep. that they'll get it and I've never forgotten that because it is so tremendously true. I'm not saying to not be fair with your kids and I'm not saying to be cruel and definitely never withhold water absolutely never ever ever do that but you can withhold those sugary sweets and replace mm-hmm for something that's good. And and that's, that's basically a lot of the methods that I practice and teach in my book. Well, and I also – oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I'm done. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> what I was going to say is, too,
2: um, you know, especially when, you know, there's so many prepackaged foods, and I'm not a huge – um, advocate on them, but I am an advocate when those are – because I don't think that that's what you should eat all day, every day, every meal. But I think, though, when you're taking your stepping stones or when you're being realistic like you were talking about, then you're you're saying, okay, well, gosh, you know, can you drink if you're doing algae or you're doing cultured vegetables? Well, then you have maybe that gluten-free, casein free you know, cookie on the side or that cracker on the side. And, again, that's not – that you want to give all the time, but that could be that gooey, ooey thing that you were right. talking about. And I can also remember, Jackson, um, for us, it was, um, and this might be helpful as well, um, I, I was thinking of just enzymes or supplements or any food, but especially I was thinking of his enzymes when we first tried to even get him, to take, you know, because he doesn't swallow capsules, so we had to break open the capsule, put it in a little bit of water, and try to give it to him that way. And, you know, at first, he looked at us like we were crazy. He, like, ran the other way. It reminded me of those commercials when, like, the mom comes with a spoon and, like, you know, and the, the the child's running, yeah, and hiding underneath the bed, right? That's pretty much what happened. And, you know, what we did was, it was kind of like, okay, and there was particular foods he really liked and we did do, okay, take this and you can have that. And um, I don't even know if we realized we were doing that but we were and i went around and you know we looked for motivations we looked for um at the time, Jackson loved numbers and birds. and So, you know, I put these big bird wings on and um, I got a dropper and I went around the house making like goofy, you know, tweeting sounds and every time he got near me, I would take a little dropper and he'd open the mouth and I'd say, one, two, because that child could count to a thousand. And, you know, and that was using the motivation and I was using, you know, and not... I, my thing, and I really want to put this people... I didn't want to hold down my child and throw anything in his mouth. I didn't want to... Um, I really wanted him to be having his willing Participation in it because I realized he's going to be bigger than me one day. <laughs> and, you know, I, I didn't, to me, and I didn't want to wake up every morning going, oh, I have to do this. I wanted to wake up every morning going, yes, I get to give him this because I know it's going to be really beneficial. So, one other thing that um, when you were talking about Ron Kaufman, he also says things like, um, and this is something that really I always hit home with is, uh, you know, does it matter if they do it on Wednesday? Or does it matter if they do it on Friday? As long as, and like a month from now, are you really going to sit back and think, ah, they did it on Wednesday and that is the biggest, you know, my biggest accomplishment. Yeah. Or, you know, you take those baby steps and, you know, at the end of the day, you still have the same goal. And that's really what I did as I was implementing new diets and
1: supplements and things like that. And that consistency is everything. That is, the consistency when you're dealing with the diet for your children is so dramatically, the most important thing that you could do because your kids especially the kids with autism they like patterns they understand patterns they understand when it's always the same way and you know it's very funny because when you sit at a meal with Joey the first thing he'll eat is his vegetables and people say oh he must really (laughs) like vegetables and I say no he just knows (laughs) he won't be able to leave the table until the vegetables are done so he might as well eat them first while he's still hungry and you know if if he I, I I don't want to ever force foods down my kids, but I feel that that is a medicine to him. I feel mm-hmm. that it's very important to him, and. If your child had uh, diabetes and, and needed to have insulin shots every day, your child's not going to want those shots, but you're going to be darn sure to get it down them because you know their life depends mm-hmm. on it. And it's really the same with food. But I understand the picky eating needs, which is, of course, why I wrote a book about it. But mm-hmm. we have to take a break <laughs> one more time, and we'll be we'll be right back with Kristen Selby Gonzalez and myself, Betsy Hicks. Don't go away. Mm-hmm.
3: Learn more, live better, Voice America Health and Wellness. You've read the books, listened to the CDs, and gone to the workshops to learn spirituality. Now there's a way to help you live it every single day. The Spiritual Workout with Stephen Morrison. Call with any issue at all, and Stephen will passionately help you see which of 15 universally spiritual concepts apply to your circumstance and how. Practice every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on The Spiritual Workout on 7th Wave Network. It's a practical path to a happier, more peaceful, and richer life experience. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866 472 5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Hi, everyone.
1: This is Betsy Hicks, actually in for Terry today. And Terry is going to be back next week. Um, her show on her, the show that she'll be doing next week is uh, she has Dr. Elizabeth Latimer on and Laura Matheos on the topic of pandas. Um, but today you're here with me, Betsy Hicks, and I have the wonderful Kristen Selby Gonzalez. We're talking so much about uh, the wonderful enzymes from enzymetica and we are also talking about diet and all kinds of fun things. But Kristen, we've talked a lot about uh, many different subjects today, and I think that uh, and you're you're so beautifully sensitive to the parents that are listening to this for the first time and thinking, what what where do I start? <laughs> so let let's go back to that. We've talked about many subjects, from pH to digestion to um, all the different kinds of enzymes, where does somebody start? Well, I love, love this question
2: because a lot of times, you know, again, we, we touch briefly on digestive, you know, enzymes, and I wanted to just, for the people that have never heard of what that is, just so they understand it, a digestive enzyme is something you take with the first bite of food, and uh, that, again, those little Pac-Man going in and helping break up the food for proper um, digestion and absorption, they can start, again, on something like a Digest Basic. It's, um, it's a you know, a less expensive uh, way to start, and then you can work your way up, uh, you know, uh, depending on your child's needs, and you would just take one with the first bite of food, and, you know, again, you'd figure out how it feels good for your child. So if you need to start a half a capsule or a
1: quarter of a capsule, again, you make that determination. Christy, can can I interject to something real quick later? In that, as you know, my husband's a medical doctor, Mm -hmm. and we have the majority of our patients are on um, enzymes. I think a lot of people are concerned, can you take too many? and And honestly, and, and maybe you have a different opinion about this, but this is not a, a an overdose concerning mm-hmm. type of a product. this is This is one of those things that the enzymes are so natural, they're so basic to what and inherent to what your body already is naturally making, that you really not that that you can't overdose, but but it's 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 one of those things that almost everybody can benefit from.
2: Absolutely. The one way um, I love to think about enzymes is they're the workers of the body, so they're always going to find something to do. And so yes. when you think about vitamin C, so if you take too much vitamin C, you typically pee it out, right? Right. Well, enzymes are never going to be peed out in that way. They're gonna they're gonna find something to do in right. the body. Right. Decrease and inflammation.
1: And, mm-hmm.
2: Do something. Yes, yes. Yes. And so and so that brings me to so your digestive enzymes. You're gonna maybe start with something low, either like a digest basic or a digest. Um, and um, again, you're gonna get of that with the first bite of food. Um, and people ask me, oh my gosh, if I forget and halfway through the meal, can I give it? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And then so then you might start with that um, and then start looking at something um, maybe like your ease um, Those are our specialized enzymes. Um, and that is going to um, help with cross contamination with your gluten and your ticine. And maybe we'll save that for another day. Um, I'll go more into detail later. Um, but then the other thing I want them to really understand is your therapeutic Your therapeutics are going to be taken on an empty stomach, and we have a couple you can look at. Uh virus stop is one you can look at. That's going to help the body rid itself um, of its toxins. And then you have cannabase, which is going to help with your yeast overgrowth. Um, Those you take on an empty stomach. And how you can remember a therapeutic, especially if you've never heard of this before, I want you to think of the three Ds, dead, damaged, and does not belong in the body. And I sometimes think of the debris. I think almost there should be four of these. Because when you're thinking about a therapeutic enzyme, it's still that, in a sense, that Pac man going in, but they're having a specific job. So if you keep thinking of enzymes and if you get nothing else out of this today other than enzymes are doing a job in the body and they're the workers and they're not going to be wasted and you have your digestive Again, with the first bite of food, your therapeutics, they're going to go after a specific job, in a sense, um, getting rid of the three Vs, and then the supportive that you were talking about earlier today.
1: Excellent. Okay, so so then uh, what about with diet? Because if, if people are listening as well, what do you tell people when, when they're beginning to do a special diet for autism?
2: Well, what I tell them is, you know, start with, I always just start, if I'm, doing, if I'm talking to somebody new, you're going to start with your gluten-free, casein-free diet or whatever diet you're choosing. I, like, personally really recommend doing that foundation, gluten-free, casein-free. Um, and then um, start with a digestive enzyme. And then start, you know, looking into and researching more. But I don't want to overwhelm somebody and go, oh, my gosh, I'm supposed to get this one and this one and this one and this one. You know, just start with something like your digest or your digest basic and, you know, start with that first. And then as you get more into the diet and as you start learning more about enzymes, you're going to get excited all on your own, and you're going to start learning about the different ones that are out there. And, um, you know, don't overwhelm yourself. This is something that, you know, you're going to learn, like you and I, Betsy, my gosh, you said 12 years ago, five years ago is when I started this, and I, you know, it's, you know, you learn so much, and we, I, I don't know about you, but don't you learn every day? I mean, oh, every sure. day I learn something new. Definitely. Um, So, again, you know, where you might be today is not where you're going to be tomorrow, and you're going to keep learning. This is a great journey, and I would definitely say gluten-free, casein free and start with something like a digestive enzyme.
1: The the other thing is is to be okay with where you are today mm-hmm. and not not look back thinking oh my gosh I haven't done this or I, I've I've you know I've it, 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 it's never going to be good because I haven't done it soon enough or um, beating yourself up that you just don't have the motivation you haven't had the motivation to do it before so you kind of feel like that well if I haven't done it by now it's not good, worth doing it start with today just just start mm-hmm. and if and if, if doing a gluten casing diet seems totally overwhelming to you at this point, then then start with something really, really basic and simple to do by maybe making sure that one vegetable gets in your child once a day and then work into maybe getting at least them on some digestive enzymes to help them break down what they do have. Mm -hmm. Kristen's right, there is no substitute for a really great diet, but you may not, achieve that those results all in an instant. It may take a little bit of time to kind of gradually ease in, and there's so many good resources. Kristen, do you want to recommend a few different resources for following a gluten-casing-free diet? Yes, you can look at um, www.gfcfdiet.com, uh, I think it
2: is. Um, and um, you can also look um, at uh, uh, if you want to do... Um, well, your book is coming
1: out as well. My and book, is, yeah, my book is, is actually is. not necessarily about a gluten. Case. It's it's really for everybody, not just those with oh. uh, gluten and casein. But but what about um, Susan Bess. Yes, Su- Susan Bess has a wonderful cookbook at specialeats.com, and another good explanation. Um, I think uh, gfcfdiet.com is a great one, but uh, the Taka website, oh, um, yes. ta- um, talk about curing autism website is wonderful for also um, explaining about doing a gluten-casing-free diet. Those are some really great resources for kind of understanding where to begin and and going forward with that. I have to say, the Medica website is awesome, too. I mean, you can learn so much about everything that Kristen spoke about today just by visiting the website. There's lots of good... Good yeah, thing. you'll you'll get
2: locked in there because it's so, but it's and it's so fun because you can take, again take it step by step. Don't overwhelm yourself. And again, I go back to what Ron had said. Does it matter if you do it on Wednesday or if you do it on Friday? And know that we've all been there. I mean, we've all right. been right where
1: you're at. <laughs> That's for darn sure. Uh, we're we're going to uh, come clo- close to closing this up right now. And I'm going to just, I, I'm already getting some messages, of people asking, um, so where do I get your book? And uh, it's hopefully going to print next month. So as soon as I have it, I will definitely announce it on this show, which, which will be ready for it to be shipped out. I'll announce it on this show. In the meantime, my website for my company is elementalsliving.com, elemental. Living.com, and you can reach me there. Zemedica's website, can you spell Enzamedica for everybody real quickly?
2: Um, sure. Um, it's E N
1: Z Y M E D I C A. So it's E N Z Y M E D I C A. Wonderful. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Terry will be back with you next week, and we will be back with you next month. Have a wonderful, wonderful month. Bye-bye.